To tell you the truth, Mildred was afraid of the dark. But don't tell anyone. I mean, who ever heard of a witch who was scared of the dark? So, yeah, what I was saying before is I'd like to do some Mad Libs that I made up. I don't know how funny it'll be or how much. You know, it's sure. going to be cute and fun. Okay. It's going to be weird because, you know, it's Mad Libs. It's always going to be weird. Yeah. Um, give me a children's toy. Hobby horse. Oh, wow. That's a weird one. Okay. <laughs> um, just, I mean, it's yeah. a rocking horse, but it's just, I think that might be the British version of it. I don't know. I do too many crosswords. That, you know what? That's fine. That's totally fine. It works because we're doing a British book, so. <laughs> a Greek god. There's a lot of these, by the way. Just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Greek god. Uh, let's see how much trouble I want to put you in. Hephaestus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. I was not even expecting that, but I like it. Um, another just a, a verb, like just a verb, no ing, just erupt. <laughs> okay. Uh, a mystical <laughs> creature. Uh, it could be a uh, fantasy so, creature. It could be anything like that. Okay. Uh, a rock. R-O-C. Okay. That was a mythical bird that could pick up elephants. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to read this. This will be great. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be It'll be really fun to read. It's yeah, great it's to fun. see your face, by the way, to actually hear your voice and see your face at the same. I mean, I've seen your face a couple times in some <laughs> pictures, but, you know, when you hear somebody's voice and then you see their face, it's yep. sometimes, I don't know why, it doesn't match up for some reason. It's like a radio DJ, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so it's like now, now I can, I can like, all right, this matches now. It makes sense. Once you yeah, actually that's see how I feel together. as a, as a podcaster, I'm like, people don't actually much know what I look like because I, I don't really put my face out there much so i'm like eh. you kind of like before i even saw i saw like one or two pictures with your actual face with your full face your actual face not your false face <laughs> um and i saw you and i went okay that is pretty much what i imagined he'd look like under the mask like you know I was, okay good all right but at the same time it was still like but i just don't see how that voice comes out of him <laughs> yeah it's just me talking into a microphone just relaxed and it's your npr voice Yes, you're listening to Sounds of Jazz. Oh, <laughs> do, do, yeah. Do, do. yeah, it's really fun doing the NPR voice, speaking very calmly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Dustin, Dustin S. to be exact. And today, Dustin H. and I will be breaking down the classic book, The Worst Witch, by Jill Murphy. Time to make magic. Woo! <laughs> So you have a long to-be-read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Welcome to Dustin Can Read, or should I say Dustin's Can Read in this episode. I have with me all the way from South Korea, Dustin Steichman, host of the popular Sandman Stories Presents, how are you today, Dustin? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Dustin? I'm great, Dustin. That's fun <laughs> to say. A little back and forth, doctor, doctor, doctor. 
Dustin has a great podcast called Sandman Stories Presents, as we just said, and he features folklore and folk tales and other, like, really just kind of legendary fiction from around the world. And you kind of uh, rewrite it to for your script, in a script form for your audience, correct? And you sometimes you'll take out the harsh things, but um, it's really fun to listen to. Uh, they're, you know, they vary in lengths. Like, sometimes it's only five minutes, sometimes it's a half hour, and it's it's a great you have such a soothing voice. <laughs> you really do. You do oh, like we you. were saying, you, you do that NPR voice and <laughs> it's very calming, which is basically well, the point of your show. Correct. Like it's, that's right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's to, to get people calm, feeling okay. Uh, feeling sleepy if they need it. And yeah, folklore from around the world. And I do occasionally edit them to yeah take out if there's hardcore racism which there are in some of the stories or anything that's really kind of picking on a group of people that's not my style that's not how i do it so i'll either edit it or just won't record that story right if it's really heavy i'm sure you wouldn't yeah yep yeah and i know you you'll go you know i edited this he'll tell you beforehand i edited this because it depicted racism or sexism or something like that. And you're like, I didn't really like that, but this, this is what happened, but I don't know really like it. So I'm going to yep. tell you the story, how I like it, which, you know, updated for today's audience, which is fine. Yep. Yeah. So you can find Sandman stories presents pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and you'll see him all over Twitter. Cause everybody just loves Dustin <laughs> Steichman. That's for sure. You are a friend to pretty much all podcasters that I've seen. Everybody just, just thinks the world of you because you're such a sweet guy. So make sure you check out Sandman Stories Presents. Please go listen to it. You will love it. Oh, look at him blush. <laughs> so The Worst Witch was first published in 1974. It was written by uh, Jill Murphy, who was 24 at the time, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And it was published by Allison and Busby. Uh, and now the book series has become a major success worldwide. Not so much here in the States. I don't know why it hasn't been such a big deal here, but um, Young Puffin Paperbacks, which is publishing it now, it has taken over and it's really big and it's sold over 5 million copies worldwide, which is just, which is awesome, you know, especially for such a yeah. thin book. It's like 90 something pages long, but it's a middle grade book. It's a kid's book. Um, and it's just a, uh, it's just awesome. I just love this this book, and well, actually, the, the Worst Witch in general. I love it. There are eight books in the series. First, The Worst Witch, then The Worst Witch Strikes Again, A Bad Spell for the Worst Witch, The Worst Witch All at Sea, uh, The Worst Witch Saves the Day, The Worst Witch to the Rescue, The Worst Witch and the Wishing Star, and the most recent one published in 2018, First Prize for the Worst Witch. And when I saw it, it was a Halloween special in 1986, starring Feruza Balk as Mildred Hubble, the main character. And it also starred Diana Rigg, um, who you might know from Game of Thrones. I can't remember what character she played because I didn't really watch Game of Thrones, but she was also in it. And Charlotte Ray from Facts of Life. Uh, Charlotte Ray played uh, Miss Cackle. Diana Rigg was Miss Hardbroom. And then Tim Curry as the Grand High Wizard, which I think was the first thing I ever saw Tim Curry in because, I mean, I was five years old when this came out. I was not ready to watch Rocky Horror at the time. 
but uh, I loved, oh my goodness. And it has one of the best Halloween songs of all time. Anything can happen on Halloween, uh, which was written by uh, Charles Strauss and Don Black, who also wrote the opening song, which is called Growing Up Isn't Easy, performed by Bonnie Langdon, Langford, excuse me. Uh, the Bad Witches song, which is My Little School, was written by Denise King and or Dennis. I don't know. It's, it looks like Dennis or Denise without the E. I'm not sure. But it was performed by Charlotte Ray because she plays Agatha as well. It also had a TV series in 1998 starring Georgina Sherrington as Mildred and a young Felicity Jones as Ethel Hallow. And I believe it aired on HBO in the United States because I we, we kind of had HBO off and on. And so I saw that it was on and I wanted to watch it, but I just never got a chance to. Plus, I was 17. There's a lot going on then. <laughs> you know, you're a teenager getting ready to graduate high school, you know. The newest television series, which is available in England, shot and filmed in England, uh, is now available also on Netflix in the U.S., and it stars Bella Ramsey as Mildred. Now, Bella Ramsey is also from Game of Thrones, and she played a character named Lyanna Mormont. She was kind of a ruler, but she was like 12. <laughs> she was kind of a ruthless okay. person, apparently. She was, you know. But later she left the show and she was recast by a girl named Lydia Page. Um, and you also have Raquel Cassidy as Miss Hardbroom in that uh, version. Have you ever watched Downton Abbey? I have not. Okay. Well, uh, she was on Downton Abbey as one of the uh, downstairs maids. Um, she ended up becoming, okay. I guess, the the main head maid for the mistress of the house. I can't remember her name right now, but anyway, you didn't watch Downton Abbey and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did you ever watch the televised version? Did you get a chance to watch it? The one I, um, the one I grew up with. I was watching it just before our call. Um, I put it on two times speed to get through most of it. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was quite campy. Um, yes, the green screen special effects that Tim Curry was rocking out during anything can happen during Halloween. Uh, it's quite interesting. And, uh, yeah, I, I went through the cast a little bit and yeah, I didn't realize that, uh, the, the main girl is also the girl from the craft. Yeah. <laughs> completely surprised me, but, uh, she's been a witch it ever, was, all this whole long, this whole time. Yeah. Uh, it, it was quite enjoyable. I could see what it was for at the time. Uh, and I, I thought it was well done. Yeah. And it was very much this first book, like pretty much the entire first book is in this, this special. So if you're ever wondering what it's like, just get ready for some campiness. It's the eighties. You know, they had a lot of green screen back then and it was very obviously green screen. Um, but it was state of the art at that time. <laughs> yeah. So you just got to take it, you know, in stride. One thing I noticed that they did in the special that they didn't do in the book was uh, early on in the story, the witches are meeting outside and they're talking about their plans to overthrow things. Whereas that wasn't introduced until much later in the book. Like, I don't remember yes. anything happening with the with the witches conspiring until after she had already decided to run away. Yeah. And they also had the scare game amongst the girls where they would go around trying to scare each other for points. That was something else that was entered in. And they do a lot, you know, 
there's a lot they they elaborated a lot for the story but it worked it doesn't take away from it it's it's great um the aesthetic of the first series was just like you said like something it's like nothing you ever seen it's very 80s you know it's very much you know um I don't know. It's very modern in eighties In this book, it's kind of a little bit more old school. Like, you know, everything is just very basic, but of course in the special, it's, it's very modern. It's very much, um, like one of the witches has a telephone on her broom, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like she has a broom phone, which is silly, but you know, it works as well. But I want to talk about the new series, which has Bella Ramsey in it. It's kind of, they kind of took influence from, I want to say Harry Potter a little bit. Um, and they start the story off where Mildred is just a plain girl at home and she doesn't think anything special about her. And then she looks over, she likes to paint and she looks over and she sees from her house, her high rise, you know, apartment, uh, this castle off in the distance and she's painting it, but no one else, including her mother sees this castle. And she's like, I don't understand, you know? And then that's where she meets Maud. Maud uh, crash lands on her balcony and she goes, oh, you could see that castle and you could see me? Like, she's supposed to be invisible to her at this point. Yeah. And because she's not magical or she's not supposed to be magical. It turns out she is. And they, she kind of tags along with Maude and she goes to basically the first day of school, um, kind of orientation day. And a lot sets off from there. So I'm not sure if you have it on Netflix where you're at or you do you even have Netflix over there? Yep. Yep. We've got Netflix. Uh, number okay. one Netflix show right now is uh, Squid Game. Yes, that is here too. Everybody's into That's that. That's from Korea. Yep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they have, I'm sure they do have the show. I will check it out after this. But um, that does sound very Harry Potter-esque. I was waiting for her to have like a, a storm cloud mark on her forehead or something. Uh, almost. Almost. But, it's really close. <laughs> or, or um, but, you know. Castle from the train station. But you know what? Here's the thing. I think that Harry Potter took more for the worst witch, actually, because it came out in 1974. Harry Potter didn't right. come out to the late 90s, right? Um, you have like that the hard-ass teacher character. You have a friendly headmaster. Um, spells always going awry. Um, you have Ethel, who's like Draco Malfoy, always taunting Mildred slash Harry. You know, you have yep. those type of those types of characters, and it seems like it's a basis. And I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, she who must not be named J.K. Rowling um, <laughs> uh, took from this story and molded it into Harry Potter. And that's what it kind of sounds oh, like because yeah. it's been around and so many people grew up with it. And it was a British based story. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It also has a very British feeling of uh, being sent away to boarding school. Like that, that part of British culture really comes out in, I guess, in both of them. I haven't read the Harry Potters, but, uh, <laughs> have you seen the movies at least? Nope. Really? That's fine. Yeah. The movies are a lot, they're pretty close to the books, but I wouldn't, you know, it's not like <laughs> I, I grew I mean, I didn't grow up with them, but I, you know, I was 18 years old when they started really 17, 18 years old when they started coming out. So I kind of read them and now I'm like, well, I have all these books and now this woman is a transphobe. So, um, <laughs> and now I don't yeah. want to revisit them right now. I just don't want to. Until she makes an apology of some sort, uh, I don't really want to get into them anymore. I cringe yeah. whenever I see them on HBO Max. I, you know, I just, uh, well, shout out to, uh, the main actor, Daniel, 
Radcliffe? Yeah. Because he he came out in uh, support of trans folks. So Yeah, he denounced what she says. And most of them did, actually. Yeah. A lot of the actors, except for one who was uh, Robbie Coltrane, who plays Hagrid. And I'm like, dude, don't do that. You're supposed to be the lovable character. And now I can't look at you the same way anymore. Oh, well. Uh, Off of that topic. Yeah. Back <laughs> to the worst witch. So author Jill Murphy, like I said, she passed away in August of this year at the age of 72, which really hurt because, you know, I grew up with this and, you know, I was finally going to read it. I knew it was coming up. I was like, oh, I'm going to read it for the show. And then she passes away. I'm like, how does this happen? How does that always stuff like that always happens around me? Like I'm ready to do something that I would have not ever done. And then boom, something like this happened. I'm not saying it happened to me. I'm so sorry. It's a tragic loss. And a lot of people who grew up with it are they're still reeling from it. It's, you know, it's not yeah. something that anybody wanted, of course. Um, as, and actually I have friends, um, Shelly and Emma from Instagram, Shelly toy and Emma Puller, who Emma Puller actually wrote a book called uh, paper dolls, which is available on um, Amazon Kindle unlimited in the States. So if you want to check that out, check it out. Um, they both sent in some testimonials about, you know, how they felt. And I'll read some of those now. So first I'll read Emma's. When Dustin asked me about one of my favorite authors, the incredible Jill Murphy, I wasn't sure how to express what an integral part of my childhood she was. The Worst Witch series was my absolute favorite. The delightfully daft yet capable Mildred Hubble was a character most of us could relate to, along with the experience of that one stern teacher like Miss Hardbroom. The stern teacher at my school was actually called Miss Witchlow. I always, wow, I always wondered whether she got lost on the way to Miss Cackle's Academy. <laughs> Along with a love of Jill's wonderful world of witches, her beautiful picture books also resonated with me. Whatever next and peace at last being two I remember fondly. Jill had a talent for taking the most mundane human experiences and making them magical. It was a joy to read her stories to my own children and amazing to think she touched our lives without ever meeting us. Thank you for everything, Jill. Rest in peace. And now on to Shelley. The Worst Witch by Jill Murphy enchanted me from a very young age. My copy had a purple cover with a black silhouette of a witch, Mildred Hubble, with her clumsy personality getting into all kinds of trouble and who soon became my bookish best friend and my idol. I wanted best friends like Maud and Enid, who isn't in the first book. She comes in later. I and who I could make invisibility potions instead of laughing potions <laughs> and have a rival like Ethel always keeping me on my toes. My very patient tabby cat used to sit very patiently as I tried to teach her to sit on a makeshift broomstick stuck together with st sticky tape. I was a proud student at Miss Cackle's Academy for Witches. All of these childhood memories are thanks to an amazing lady, Jill Murphy. Jill, thank you. Your words cast a spell over me and inspired me, comforted me, and will always be with me. Quote, A true witch isn't always one who comes out on top of the tests. A true witch has witchcraft in her at all times, and this is what you have, Mildred Hubble. That's what she put. She just... She loved that quote because they, they actually grew up with it. They were in England. This is where yeah. it was big. You know, that's where it started. And they grew up with it. And I just wanted to feature somebody who really, you know, 
probably really was affected the most by, you know, the, the passing of Jill Murphy. So rest in peace, Jill. Now comes the time where I'm going to do something I haven't done in a long time, which is th sing a theme song. <laughs> I haven't created any real theme songs for anything in a long time, um, but I'm going to sing a theme song. Like It's really short uh, for the worst witch, an alternate theme song, if you will. Okay, here we go. If you're the worst witch, it cannot be fixed. You'll always try, but you'll just make it worse when you're the worst witch. You'll never be missed because everyone is so much more rehearsed. Never mind all the naysayers and how much they bitch. Just be your best witch. Nice. Okay, that's it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll sign autographs later. Okay, without further ado, let's get into this book. So in chapter one, we open up and it's describing Miss Cackle's Academy for Witches, which is a castle, basically. It has turrets and it sits on this high mountain surrounded by a pine forest and this mist kind of conceals it a little bit. So people you know, don't really notice it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, all the girls who go to school there, they wear like black and gray uniforms, mostly black. Uh, with a you know black and uh, gray striped ties, and they have black cloaks and um, or capes, and their witches hats they use for formal occasions. Uh, they have an emblem, a school emblem, which is a yellow moon, I guess a crescent moon, with a black cat sitting on it. Uh, it describes they go up to fifth year as far as the school ages, first years through fifth years, and the fifth years when they graduate, they get their witches hire certificate. So that's something everybody aspires to get, of course. But we have someone like Mildred Hubble, who is sloppy, who messes up all the time. She has frayed her braids, basically, by chewing on them constantly. Um, she runs around with her shoelaces untied. I'm sure she falls down a lot. <laughs> who wouldn't if you have your shoelaces untied? And she have her best friend, Maud, who's kind of geeky. She's described as, quote, tubby. And she has glasses and, I guess, pigtails. It is described that way. I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, you had the, you know, every kid in the school has bats in their rooms, which I'm like, how unsanitary is this? <laughs> all the guano, all the bat poop just all over the place. You know they're all over the place. It's probably all over their beds. And they got to sleep mm. in it. You know, isn't that disgusting? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... The night before this uh, ceremony they're going to go to, where they're going to get their cats, their kittens, um, because Miss Cackles does cats and all these other places do owls. But Miss Cackle likes to do things a little differently. And most places do owls, a la Harry Potter, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's why the owls were chosen. Anyway, so, you know, she and Maud are hanging out in Mildred's room. It's late. You know, they're supposed to be in bed. Maud's supposed to be in her own room. And all of a sudden, Miss Hardbroom just pops in. He's like, what are you doing up so late kind of thing? And they scares the, the bejesus out of them. And she scolds them and tells them, hey, get to bed. We got the kitten ceremony in the morning. So you don't want to cross Miss Hardbroom because, I mean, listen to her name, Hardbroom. 
Um, <laughs> she has her hair all pulled back really tightly and has like a really kind of a pointed face and is just very stern looking and, you know, harsh. Somebody, like I said, you don't want to cross. Did you ever have a, a teacher like that? Are you a teacher mm. like that? <laughs> no, no, no. I can't remember any teachers. My teachers were all fairly nice. I can't remember any that were overly harsh or, or strict or anything like that. Uh, I, I did have one that wasn't great at math, which the trouble was he was the math teacher. Uh, he wasn't he had, great at math and he was the math teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he had a bit of a mousy face, but <laughs> it's okay. Overly You're out of that situation yeah. now. So <laughs> yeah, many 20 plus years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, chapter two starts up and everyone is dressing up, putting on their best capes and their hats, and they're gathering in the great hall for the kitten ceremony. The kittens are on a basket, at, you know, next to Miss Cackle. And um, they had to recite the school song, which is something I want to do for you right now. <laughs> onward, ever striving, onward, proudly on our brooms we fly. Straight and true above the treetop shadows on the moonlit sky. Ne'er a day will pass before us when we have not tried our best. Keep our cauldrons bubbling nicely, cast our spells and charms with zest. Full of joy we mix our potions, working by each other's side. When our days at school are over, let us think of them with pride. My best iteration, considering I didn't have any musical notes to go by. Yeah, Thank you for the snaps. I'm, I'm definitely not musical, so I was like... Oh, okay, he's doing this by himself. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Join me, won't you? <laughs> yeah. It's like no music, no words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, Dustin. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so the kittens are given out. Everybody's getting a black cat. Maud has already named hers the night before as Midnight. She knew she was going to name it Midnight, which, you know, ooh, original name, Maud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mildred is last in line. And when they reach in to get her a cat, they pull out a tabby cat that's gray and white, gray and black striped, and um, uh, it has white paws, and, and and it's just like she, of course, gets the odd one out. She gets the yep. goes quote lame duck. I don't know if you would say it, but she suspects Miss Hardbroom or HB had a had a hand in this just to humiliate her, which I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. I don't. I don't know. Would you think she would do that as a teacher? Just be mean on purpose considering she how much disdain she shows for Mildred? My guess is her harshness is also a bit of like testing and toughening up. So they may have given her the, the wonky cat uh, just to say kind of like, hey, you can do this. Toughen up a bit. Believe in yourself a bit more. And you got this. Either that or she's trying to tank her. Yeah, I can see that though. I think I think Miss Hardbroom, like her name, she's hard. You know, she um she might it actually might be a test. I'm going to push this girl. I'm going to keep pushing her until she breaks and finally does what she needs to do to get through school and learn. So yeah, I kind of I kind of side on you with that for sure. So next up, they take all the cats outside because they're going to practice practice flying on the uh, brooms they they got at the start of the year. Um. Of course, you know, 
It took Mildred a lot longer to learn how to fly on her broom. She crashed into the wall, broke hers in half, and now it's all mended with tape and whatnot. And now it's taking her forever to get her cat to learn to fly. The cat just does not want to do it. I have a feeling because it's not a black cat. You know, maybe that's the kind of yeah. magical version. You know, the black cats know how to do it. It's instinctive. Maybe tabbies don't. So she's having such a rough time to get the cat to even stay on the broom at all. So she goes and runs inside, grabs her satchel, her book satchel, and stuffs the cat in there and lets it hang off the back of the broom. So she's flying around. So, well, this works, you know. Of course, at the same time, you have the lucky snob, Ethel Hallow, flying around doing everything perfectly because everything just goes perfect for Ethel, which we all know that person. It just, everything works (laughs) out for them. And they could be the cruelest person in the world, and it just still works out for them. And, ugh. It makes you so mad that these people never really learn because they just, it, everything's handed to them in life somehow, you know, it just works out. She, you know, she makes fun of Mildred and, and later on Miss Hardbroom comes out and scolds Mildred for using her satchel with her unnamed cat, by the way, in the show, in the movie, she named that cat right away. And for some reason she can't figure out a name. She just calls it stupid, which I thought was kind of harsh. She's like, stupid cat, I should call you stupid because you're not staying on this broom. I'm like, well, well, Mildred, you're a little bit harsher than I thought you were going to (laughs) be. But um, she's, you know, she's frustrated. I get it. She doesn't know what to name the cat. She has no idea. She just calls it cat most of the time. So Ethel's taunting Mildred after Miss Hardbroom leaves and tells her, hey, put that cat on your broom, you know. And, you know, she's like, you can't do anything, Mildred Hubble. You're just so pathetic and blah, blah, blah. And Mildred's like, you know what? You need to shut up, Ethel Hallow. Or you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you into a frog, because Mildred had apparently grazed over a spell for turning someone into a frog at one point. And Ethel's like, oh yeah, really? You suck at everything you do. You're gonna turn me into a frog. And the, you know, she goes, go ahead, go ahead and do it. Just do it. I'd like to see you try. And everybody gathers around while Mildred's kind of trying to remember this spell, and she kind of. Mumbles it under her skin, under her skin, mumbles it under her breath. (laughs) And suddenly Ethel's gone and they look down and Ethel is a pig. Whoops. (laughs) She's a pink and gray pig and she's snorting and talking. She's like, I can't believe you did this. You're supposed to turn me into a frog and ah, Mildred Hubble. Of course, you know, that's when Miss Hardbrim shows up. It says, where did this pig come from? And Mildred lies to her face. Says, oh, I, I let this in from outside. He's like, well, you can let it back out again. And she's, <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, Ethel, Ethel, will you run outside real quick so I won't get in trouble? <laughs> and come right back. And Ethel's like, no, Miss Hardbrim, it's me. It's me. It's Ethel Hallow. I've been turned into a pig by Mildred. And of course, this just, you know, makes HB look at Mildred like, oh, Mildred. Turn her back. She goes, I, I don't know how. She goes, oh, really? Of course. Well, this would be a great learning opportunity for you. Go to the library. Look up the spell to turn her back. And while you're there, tell Miss Bat why Ethel will be late to chanting class. <laughs> I just love that. I just, I love that part when she turned her a pig. You know, did you ever try, even as a kid, try to cast any magic spells? Oh, played a lot of Magic the Gathering as a kid, but uh, I can't think of any any spells that I casted. Uh, yeah, pretty much just magic, the gathering, a lot, a lot of cards, a lot of being a nerd. Uh, well, I'm a little bit more mystical, I guess, than you are, because I've tried everything from money spells to love spells. I've looked up stuff and I've lit candles. I've bought, you know, the crystals or whatnot. 
I, uh, I even have a little mini cauldron upstairs, funnily enough. Um, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> I think it's no. the energy you put out there. I think that's what a spell is. It's the energy you put out there. It's like when people say, be positive and positive things will come to you. It's kind of like that. You know what I mean? So you really, yeah. you really focus on what you want. Kind of like one of those, um, those dream boards, you know, you put things up that I want this for my life and I want this for my life, you know, and apparently it's supposed to bring the universe is supposed to bring it to you in a way. Manifest it in yourself. Manifest. Exactly. Is it, is it a manifest board? Something like that. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. That's what a dream board is. It's supposed to help manifest things that you want. So, I mean, if you think about it that way, yeah, that's you're casting spells, <laughs> whether you realize it or not. If you're trying to hope for something and you're you wish on a star, that's kind of in a way a spell, you know, a starlight, star bright. First star I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might. If you think about it, that's kind of a spell chant <laughs> in yeah. a way. You know, and you're calling to the, the stars, the heavens. Um, so if you've done that, you've tried to cast a spell. Sorry to let you know, but you're a witch. <laughs> Fine with me. <laughs> so like I said, uh, Mildred has to go to the library now and look up the spell to change Ethel back. Meanwhile, Ethel is just griping and complaining the entire time. Like, Mildred, you're just so, you know, you're pathetic. You're like, and she's like, fine, whatever. Mildred just kind of puts it on the back burner and just looks at the spell, changes her back. And of course, Ethel's like, I can't believe you did this to Mildred Hubble. She starts yelling at her and Mildred just kind of taunts her with Shh, silence in the library. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I don't know why. So they're all supposed to get ready for Miss um, Harbroom's potions test, which, you know, of course, is Miss Harbroom's class. So, of course, they're not looking forward to it because she's harsh on all the students. Except for Ethel, of course. She's the star student, and everybody just loves her. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hate Ethel. For one thing I want to know is, so they're tasked with making a laughter potion. And she goes, you must make this laughter potion quick in case it's needed in an emergency. Like, who needs that in an emergency? <laughs> like, what kind of scenario do you think <laughs> is that needed in? I can you do a quick 15 on stage? Yeah. There's no, <laughs> huh? Make them laugh and then run away. Like, I know. Um, like for stand up comedian, witches or something, or maybe well, it's kind I of like witch Xanax or something. I don't know. Like, I think if you run away, people are going to laugh at you anyway. Just like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't understand that, but whatever. They never give an example of what kind of emergency this would be needed. Then I need to laugh now. <laughs> okay. So they make their potion and it turns out pink and Mildred is just determined that it's supposed to be green. It's got to be green. She's well, I think maybe we need to use pond weed because they did leave it for us as the ingredients. We should use the pond weed. And Maude's like, are you sure? She's like, I'm, I'm fairly sure. She goes, you got to be sure, Mildred. And Mildred's like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll use it. So they put the pond weed in. It turns their potion green and everybody starts testing their potions and they look over and they see everybody's potion is pink. They was right the first time around. Mildred just doubted herself as usual and screwed up the potion. Like, well, we can't turn back now. Everybody's taking sips of their potions to make sure it works and all the room just erupts in a fit of giggles and laughters. And of course, you know, I bet you Miss Hardrim is just cringing. You're like, oh my God, I hate these girls. Why did I, why did I say the laughter potion? <laughs> Could you imagine like all these kids? <laughs> All that's all over the place. How loud that got and how annoying that might sound. <laughs> Sorry, I 
a bunch oh, of children oh. laughing makes me go, <laughs> ah! Um, the, the thing that surprised me is that there would be no weed in the laughing potion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, good pun there. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I get that now. <laughs> so, yes, Mildred and Maud did add the pond weed, and apparently it's a downer. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's not the type of weed you need for a, for a laughter potion. And apparently it turns them invisible. So, of course, Miss Hardbroom says, you have made the wrong potion again, Mildred Hubble. You're going to have to go see Miss Cackle as soon as you reappear. And Maud is just ticked off. Like, I can't you believe you did this to us, Mildred, again. But, you know, they laugh it off. They become friends again. They, I mean, I don't know why it says they become friends again. They didn't really unbecome friends in that five minutes that this happened. But whatever. Um, you know, their their body parts reappear in random surges. Their heads are just floating with their boots. And, you know, and they're making fun of each other and how funny it looks. And, you know, just being kids. So Maud says, all right, I'll walk with you to Miss Cackle's office, you know, and they don't like going to Miss Cackle's office because Miss Cackle is so nice. She's like that parent that gives you that. I'm really disappointed in you. And you just, it just hurts you so much inside. You know, it's like, she's so nice. And the fact that she's so disappointed in me makes me just cringe. You know, I, I don't know. I, everybody has that. Everybody's been through that experience. Anyway. So yeah, she she's the firm guilt trip gets her. And it's worse than scolding, in my opinion. The next day, I assume it's the next day, HB announces that their class, their first year class, has been uh, um, determined to present this year at the Halloween festivities. They had to present a display. Um, and she's really excited about it. So she decides she is going to have them all do a flying presentation which are flying formation, which I want to give you, I'm going to read this quote from the book and how detailed this is supposed to be. She tells it to them almost in one breath. Now I have made out our list of things you will be doing first, a single line with each pupil sinking and rising alternately. This should be comparatively easy. Secondly, a flying V similar to wild geese in flight. Then nose diving the yard and swooping up just before you reach the ground. That will be the most difficult part of all. Mildred and Maud exchanged horrified glances. And finally, you will form a circle in the air, each broomstick touching the next. Any questions? No? Very well then, we shall begin the first item immediately. What was the first item, Mildred? Uh, nose diving the yard, Miss Hardbroom? Wrong. Ethel, do you remember? Of course, Ethel does. Because yeah. <laughs> Ethel's just perfect. The little <laughs> little witch. <laughs> little witch with a B. Anyway, so they practice, and they practice. They practice for a few weeks. A few weeks go by, and they're practicing all the time, apparently. And even Mildred is becoming pretty decent in this, which... You know, Miss Hardbroom acknowledges you're not so bad. You're a bit wobbly, though, but you're not that bad. However, she doesn't like that Mildred has a broken broomstick. She only notices this the day before they're going to present. I'm like, how did you not notice this this whole time? But I digress. She ends up looking at Ethel and says, Ethel, I want you to give Mildred your spare broom. 
Ethel really doesn't want to. She's like, well, I just got that for my birthday. And she's like, Ethel, oh, oh, I didn't say I wasn't going to. I was just, okay. <laughs> so she goes off to get this broom in which we see a, kind of a side scene without Mildred where Ethel starts to put a hex on her broom. She's listen up, broom. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. She's doing it to get back at Mildred for turning her to a pig earlier. Yep. It goes to Halloween night, which, happy Halloween. And they, apparently, the school um, celebrates the Halloween holiday in the ruins of some castle that's nearby, which I thought was interesting to put that in. Um, everybody goes down, you know, the fifth years go first, then fourth and third, then, you know, second and first. Modred, Modred, <laughs> if you think about it, that's their ship name, <laughs> Mildred and Maud. Um, <laughs> they think. Miss Hardbroom actually looks kind of lovely because she has her hair down. It's not in that tight bun. She always has it in. She doesn't look so harsh and she's less intimidating with her hair down. But she then she overhears this and shoots them this nasty look. And I'm like, well, that just erased that <laughs> <laughs> in attendance at this uh, presentation is the quote chief wizard, which I thought was interesting because when I watched the movie growing up, it was always the grand high wizard. And in this, it's the chief wizard. I don't know why. I just thought that was really interesting. It's strange. I don't know why they changed it, but like, whatever. Anyway, he's, he's, they want to honor him for some reason. There's much more of a to do in the, in the movie about him arriving. This is just, he's there as an afterthought. The first year's flying goes great. They do everything they're supposed to do. They dive and they hit, you know, bring their noses up right before they hit the ground. They're doing all this stuff. And, and as they're doing their final circle, like they're supposed to do, suddenly, Mildred's broom, or the one she borrowed from Ethel, starts to wobble and it bucks her off. And she flies into Maud, and then apparently, you know, there kind of becomes a domino effect and it hits all the other girls, and everybody starts falling off their brooms. And everybody except Ethel, of course. <laughs> and it's, you know, of course, it's a big embarrassment for the school, especially for the chief wizard. And they're like, oh, we're very, very sorry, chief wizard. We're very, very sorry about this happening. And the chief wizard only has to say, quote, your pupils are the witches of the future. I shudder to think what the future will be like. And that's, ooh, that's, that's not good, Miss Cackle. That's not good at all. <laughs> I, I've always felt bad about that. I was like, oh, that, that sucks. Because somebody fell, really? That's, somebody made a mistake? You're not allowed to make any mistakes? They're really harsh on these kids. Yeah, it's boarding school. But I, I noticed in the movie um, earlier on, there's the two girls are talking about Miss HB and a, a romance. And then later on, uh, Tim Curry and HB have kind of a, a flirting look at each other right before his song and dance. They so treat I'm him like, like uh, he's a pop star, like a rock star. They pass, you know, yeah, they pass his picture around like, oh, he's so dreamy. And even Miss Harvey's going to take. Yeah, <laughs> it's the video. He's a rock star. Miss um, Hardbroom ends up taking the, the picture and looking at it and kind of gets a, I guess, a lady boner, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> got the vapors, all, you know. Yeah, she's got the vapors. And uh, she like holds the picture up to her chest like, oh. <laughs> she just she, she's in love with the grand high wizard i love how they added that element in i don't know if that comes up later in the books or something but i thought this was a fun thing that she has this big crush and apparently 
it seems like they have some sort of romantic history in that in the version of the book. I mean, in the in the movie. Yeah. So apparently, these kids they celebrate till dawn the very next day, which I thought was pretty dang late for young girls in like you know ten. 12 year old girls, something like that. That's pretty late. I think for, especially for a school to allow them to be up. Did you ever like try and fail around that age to like stay up all night, either for a holiday or for a sleepover or something? I'm sure I tried staying up late. Um, The first time I can remember staying up all night was in middle school. We had something called the lock-in where uh, adult chaperones and all the students would be at the school overnight and playing games and having fun until the morning. And then my dad would uh, take me and go have breakfast and then we'd be done. So it was like staying up overnight and oh, way too late. And then being absolutely knocked out the next day. And I remember in high school, the first time I remember seeing the dawn like the sunrise after being up all night was uh, was with a, a girlfriend and watching the sun come up and oh, you know, there's a quote from Buffy that I always think about when I um, think about staying up all night and seeing the sunrise. And it was from Tara. Did you ever watch Buffy, by the way? Nope. Okay. Well, Tara is a witch that uh, Willow dates at one point, And she says, you know, you know, seeing the sun, something to the effect of like uh, seeing the sunrise when you're staying up all night feels wrong because it seems like you're seeing it from the, the wrong side. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not supposed to see it this way. You're supposed to wake up early and see it rise, not stay up all night and see it rise. I don't know. It, it does. It feels different. There's a completely different feeling about it. You know, waking up early to see the sunrise versus staying up all night, seeing the sunrise. I don't know. That's just how I feel. I remember one time when I was a kid, I always tried to stay up late. You know, there was one time that I, I was watching Clarissa explains it all. And there was an episode where she was trying to watch TV straight for 24 hours and not falling asleep. Mm -hmm. She would take little breaks intermittently, but it was basically just 24 hours of TV. And I wanted to do that so bad, but I could never stay awake. It was so hard. There was one time though, I guess at a sleepover and I stayed up all night and I went home and I passed out on the couch, finally, like midday. Um, actually, not even midday. It was more towards the evening the next night. Um, and I just passed out. I think even before dinner, I missed dinner. And they couldn't even wake me up. Or if they did, <laughs> I don't remember waking up. It was one of those, like I guess, sleepwalking things. My friend Bill ended up calling me. And he's trying to talk to me on the phone. And I'm just like, of course, it was a cordless phone at the time. And I was asleep. But they handed me the phone anyway. And I just was like waving the phone in the air, just completely asleep, side <laughs> to side, laying on my back. And then I dropped the receiver and my mom came in and found the phone on the floor. And Bill's just going, Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. <laughs> I was just passed out. It was stupid and silly, but, you know, kids, you know, that's how we do. That's some wholesome fun. So, Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's a mandatory thing that everyone must sleep until at least noon on November 1st, the next day. Per tradition, as far as the school goes, not my life, as far as yeah. the worst witches. <laughs> and, you know, Mildred can't go to sleep. She is worried to death because now she has been, she's blamed for this whole debacle and the, the flying mishap. 
And so she's supposed to see Miss Cackle and Miss Hardbroom and Miss Cackle's office early in the afternoon, as soon as he wakes up, basically. And right before she goes to bed, Ethel shows her, she goes, ha ha, that'll teach you for turning me into a pig. She basically just confesses it right then, like I sabotaged you and basically everyone else. So, you know, poor Mildred, she's just mad and she's sad and she's sulking. And this is when she finally calls her cat Tabby, by the way. Finally, she's Mm. named it Tabby. Never actually named it, but just starts calling it Tabby with a capital T. So I know that she knows it's the name. Um. Everyone's mad at her in her year, you know, and, you know, I guess from their point of view, yeah, she's always messing up. So, of course, oh God, Mildred again, including Maud, her best friend that just, you know, no one wants to talk to her. So she's wondering what her punishment's going to be. And, you know, even though it really wasn't her fault, but she decides, you know, she doesn't want to stick it out and she's going to run away. She says, I might as well just leave. So she's gathering up all of her things, including Tabby. And she starts to exit her room. And one of the last things she says was, I'm going to miss these bats. <laughs> it's so dramatic. I'll miss you bats and all your bat dung that flies on me at night. Um, it's just so gross. Could you just, I still can't think over that. Like, how could you allow bats to just hang out in your room? Anyway, uh, apparently they're friendly though. So whatever. So Mildred makes it down the mountain and she makes it into this pine forest that surrounds the mountain and she takes a little rest. And as she's sitting there, she overhears this like humming sound. And it sounds like it's a hum of a, you know, of a group of people talking. She says, what is that? Is that people talking? She walks around and she looks through and she sees this clearing and there's like 20 something (laughs) witches gathered around and they're planning something. And one of them looks remarkably like Miss Cackle but with like a different voice, which I love in the um, 86 movie. They, they just made her have pink hair to yep. really show the difference between the two. They know everyone in school is asleep. So they're all right, this is the tradition. They're going to be asleep until noon. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to drink this. We're going to make an invisibility potion, which they're already making. And Mildred's like, they're making that potion that I made by accident. Oh my God. <laughs> and, um, they're going to sneak into the other side of the school and they're going to creep into the dormitories and they're just going to start turning people into frogs. All the witches are going to turn all the girls, all the, you know, teachers and everything. They're going to turn them into frogs. And, you know, of course, Mildred's like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what am I going to do? She's just, I don't know what to do. So she's distressed. She starts looking through her spell book. What can I do? What can I do to stop these witches? And then she settles on a spell to turn them into snails. She says, maybe I can just turn them into something. And so she turns and she's going to turn them into snails. So she, she gets, she creeps up and she whispers the spell and waits and works. It works. They just disappear. And she looks out and there's all these little snails on the ground. So she's really proud of herself, which she should be, you know, she did something Mm -hmm. that she intended to do and it worked out for her finally. So she grabs the cardboard boxes that they were going to use to put them into if they were frogs. She grabs those, gathers up all the snails and, you know, proudly decides to go back to school. And you now I'm going to show them, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go show Miss Cackle what's going on and what they were trying to do. She's sneaking back in and that's when HB catches her before, just before she gets to her room, Mildred Hubble, what are you doing out of bed at this hour? You're supposed to be asleep. And she just, you know, 
she starts rambling out. Um, I, I went out and I, I saw these um, these witches and and um and they were there was a bunch of them and 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 they were they were plotting something. They were going to take over the school and she's you know she's trying to spit it. And it, of course, it just sounds like nonsense to Miss Hardbrim. She was like, really? And those are the snails that you turned them into? And she said, like, yeah, yeah, that this is them. She goes, uh huh. Okay, well, come to Miss Cackle's office. I'll call her real quick. We'll see what this is all about. Which I like that Miss Hardbrim was giving her the benefit of the doubt. In a way, you know, finally, she's like, fine, I'll, I'll go with what you're saying. So they meet up in Miss Cackle's office and Miss Cackle's, you know, I'm very embarrassed about what you did at that flying ceremony last night. I'm, I'm, you embarrassed the school. You made us look bad. And she doesn't really want to hear Mildred's story. But when Mildred me- you know, mentions that one of the witches looked like Miss Cackle with these green horn rimmed glasses, Miss Cackle's like, wait, you say green horn rimmed glasses? Yes, he was like, oh, that's my sister Agatha. I know it. It's my sister Agatha. She's always been jealous that I was you know, running this school and she always wanted to run it. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> they line up all these snails. There's 20 of them. I mean, all over this woman's desk. Could you just imagine the slime all over the desk, like the trails and everything? Uh, I don't know. I just, I hate, I hate slug and snail slime. It's so weird. Um, and she has um, Agatha step forward, or I guess slither forward. <laughs> you know, yeah. Agatha, you know, she says, well, what are we going to do? If we turn them back, they're just going to try to attack us. There's 20 of them. It's like, well, no. Miss Hardbroom says no. You know, there's the whole saying that if you perform magic on a witch in self-defense, which was what Mildred was doing, she was defending her school, um, then they can't, they can't do it per the witch's code. I'm like, these witches don't go by the witch's code. <laughs> I mean, come on, look what they were about to do. I mean, come on guys. I don't know. These are honorable bad guys. I don't know. Did that make sense to you? Like what? Wait a minute. No, Wait. It, it, it was a bit off. It was now they're going to follow the rules, but they were just about to annihilate all of you. Yeah. No, I, and now Bond, you shall die. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not going to no, happen. No, that's not going to happen. So they say, you know what, Agatha, we'll turn you back, but you've got to honor the witch's code. And I don't know if they get an okay from her. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you would find out she was agreeing to this, but whatever. So Miss Hardbroom, um, she does the spell to, uh, you know, reverse their snail-like personas, I guess you would say, and turns them all back into witches. Miss Cackle starts showing she's her first real big assertive nature, raising her voice, saying, you know, you're making them cower, basically, which she does in the in the movie as well. And they say, wait a minute, Mildred, what were you doing out at that hour? And Mildred just flat out lies, saying, well, I just decided to take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I was just taking a walk and, you know, and you were out walking with your spell book. Oh, what a great student you are. Oh, look at you. <laughs> and she's, yeah, yeah. I was walking with my spell book. That's, that's what I do. I take a walk and I read my spell book, you know, but she sent back to her bed, go rest. You know, you did a good thing today. Go, go finally go get some rest. So I guess now that she's, you know, not feeling the wrath of what was going to happen to her. Cause Ms. Cackle's like, well, just, you did a good service to us today. We'll just forget what you did last night. Just go get some sleep. So that, of course, helps her anxiety, and she's finally able to sleep. Mm-hmm. But then, hours later, 
a whole slew of people enters Mildred's room, led by Maud, who starts jumping up down her bed. Mildred, Mildred, wake up. Mildred, wake up. And she's like, what? What's what's going on? She's like, oh, you know what's going on, girl. <laughs> Basically, he's like, girl, you know what you did. And like, you saved the school. You know that. And the Miss Cackle is going to have an assembly in the Great Hall. And you've got to be there. You've got to be there. Because, I mean, come on. We know why she's having this assembly. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And uh, <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh. She's like, you know what? You're right. I did save the school. So, you know, she takes one. She's like, yeah, I take the, I'm going to take this win. She gets dressed and they go to the assembly. And, of course, they're probably doing the school song again. Um, And she goes, you know what, Maude? I just want to tell you that. I found out that Ethel, you know, hexed the broom. And she was, oh, I know about that. We all know about that. Ethel just, you know, couldn't help but brag to somebody. So she went and told Harriet and Harriet's gossipy ass went and told everybody <laughs> else. And now we're all pissed at Ethel. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. Awesome. You know, that's great. Man, everything's coming up Mildred today. That's awesome. <laughs> so they go through this whole ceremony and Miss Cackle's like, Today will be known as a half holiday. You won't have to go to classes, all because Mildred Hubble saved the school. Mildred Hubble, thank you so much. And everybody's like, yay, you know, cheers for Mildred, you know. And it's so it's so cool. I love that whole, you know, she's the misfit and she helps save everybody, you know. And I love that mm-hmm. underdog tone, you know, the, the thing where mm-hmm. the person you thought who would never be able to do anything, finally did something right. And you see that they weren't as bad as they were the whole time. They're just clumsy. You know, they're just kind of, like I said, a misfit. Um, have you ever felt that way, by the way? Just felt like the misfit that just didn't do things right. And Yes, quite often. Um, usually I'm, I'm a bit by myself. Uh, I, I like being around people, but yeah, in high school, I was a kid with headphones on, not listening to anybody else. And, uh, uh, at my high school, there were three floors. The, the first floor had all the art students. The second floor had the popular kids and the third floor had kind of the misfits and everything. And I was on the third floor quite often. Oh, oh you're fine. a misfit I mean, now. <laughs> no, it's, I still am. I'm, I'm a podcaster. Ugh. Kind of well, weird. Yeah. Those are those. <laughs> So, yeah, so they just, you know, Miss Cackle declares us a half holiday and everybody's like, thank you, Mildred. We got out of this test today. I don't have to take this test. Mildred did the great three cheers for Mildred. You know, it's great. Everything's happy, you know, and then even Miss Hardbroom comes down and she comes down right before Mildred and Maude are going to go fetch their kittens and make the most out of the day. And she says, you know what? Thank you so much, Mildred, for what you did. And she even smiles at them, which I'm sure is very creepy looking. It's probably the creepiest looking smile because this woman does not smile. Yeah, she like she doesn't look <laughs> exactly. She looks like a little kid going, cheese. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's probably blood coming out. She's squeezing so hard not to do it. And it's funny because she disappears because she often does. She just vanishes and, and you know, fades away. And Mildred says, you know what? Sometimes I think she isn't as mean as we thought she was. And then she hears in her ear, perhaps you're right, Mildred. <laughs> and it's Miss Hardbroom, just her disembodied voice in her ear, which just freaks them out. And they go running with Miss Hardbroom's cackle following them. 
and that is the end of The Worst Witch. Such a lovely story, you know? It's such a great... It's I love the tale. I love underdog tales. And this was probably one mm-hmm. of the first ones I ever really noticed, you know? That and, like, Charlotte's Web or something, you know? Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's heartwarming. It's magical. I love that the book actually does take place on Halloween, which I didn't even know that but when I chose to read it. I knew the special did. And I thought maybe they just worked it into this. And no, it actually does. So it, it really is great for this season. So if you're going to read it, read it now. It's perfect. It's only 90-something pages. It's not very long. So did you enjoy it for the most part? Yeah. Um, it was it was a nice read. Uh, it was very enjoyable re- reading about what the setting, the characters, the way it was all put together. And then, yeah, wrapping it up in 90 or so pages was good timing like (laughs) it's it's a good story it's fun and then it's over and you can read another one and uh it's got good pacing and all like that so it's yeah it's an awesome book to read this halloween season do you guys read books in your classes um uh yes we have after school classes but uh our highest level of after school kids aren't quite to the novel level. Um, They're reading higher level picture books. So books that have some, some higher level vocabulary. Uh, One of them we read was, Oh no, Astro. It has stuff like Pluto's revenge, those rotating rogues. It's like, okay, so there's some more difficult language in there. Um, but, well, I've noticed, yeah, you've been posting a lot about picture books lately, so that makes sense why you do that, because, of course, you gather them up for your class. Yep. Uh, just beforehand, I, I showed you a bit of my bookshelf. I've got floor-to-ceiling books over here, and then over on that side, I've got some books, and then in the other room, I've got some books, and a lot of them are ones that I've purchased. So I go through the used book stuff and... Uh, that's one thing I'm excited about uh, coming back to the States is I'm going to be going through rummage sales, yard sales, uh, friend of the library sales, and getting a good library set up. Well, this is one of those books that they could probably graduate from picture books into because these have pictures throughout it. So that helps, right. you know, the illustrations throughout it. Um, and it's not ex- extremely difficult to read because, like you said, it's right. short. It's uh, the type is very big. Um, it's you know, simple language for the most part. There's some things I was like, I didn't know what when they were talking about um, uh, her braids. They called them something else. Um, plates. P-L-A-I-T-S. And I was like, what the heck is yeah. a plate? Like, <laughs> that's that's British for braids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this probably would be something that if even if your students now were like, hey, I want to read more and I feel like I could conquer more. Maybe it's something you can, you know, hey, we'll try this maybe. Yeah. Uh, last semester, we did a little bit of the sideways stories from Wayside High. Or sideways well, stories so from go, Wayside right School. There. Not Wayside High, Wayside, Wayside School. School. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works perfectly right there. Yeah. Okay, let's get into your worst witch mad libs for all the answers yeah. that you gave me prior to uh, the show. For those of you who don't know, um, I created the mad lib thing just for the worst witch just something silly it doesn't have mildred in it but it has a witch that's the whole point um and i asked dustin for some random 
entries into it, which if you don't know how Mad Libs works, I don't know why you wouldn't. But if you don't, the Mad Libs is because it's based off ad libs, which ad libs are basically just random things you would say in a play or a movie or something if you're a cast member uh, just to fill sound space in a way, you know, be background. So they said, let's do Mad Libs. And you you give somebody nouns and, and verbs and different descriptions and whatnot. And it's it's randomly plugged into these stories that you get. And, uh, and it just makes something, something fun and silly. So I thought I'd make this. So I'm going to read this to you with your answers. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to figure out, <laughs> audience member, what he actually put in. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But that's that's the whole point. Here we go. The moon is full and the platypus twirling while the old witch creates her cauldron potion. She wants revenge on all the chess clubs that wronged her. She drops in some hobby horses, beige phlegm, and toner. That ought to do it, she says to herself. Then she begins to recite her spell. Hephaestus, bring me the magic of Uvla. <laughs> On this night of Pi Day, the Noceums are gathered in an abandoned cornfield. The withered cobblers are misting on top of Mount Fuji. The ghouls are sinking about. The coven awaits the puce flood. The conditions are perfect for deep-fried bats. I implore thee to bring me the gift of really bendy fingers. <laughs> then she erupts around with her storage tub and her head held high. The sky squishes and suddenly a rock appears with a toga and the witch dissolves to accept it. Halloween has begun. <laughs> for those of you interested, I'll post this somewhere for you to print out on your own. You can play with your kid or with a, with a friend. Um, it's silly. It's dumb. But, you know, go for it. I'll post it somewhere and I'll send it to you as well, Dustin. Wonderful. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be something interesting to do. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey of reading The Worst Witch for the first time. I'm glad that you have read it. I'm glad that you have been introduced to the special that I grew up with. And maybe you'll make it a holiday tradition, a Halloween tradition going forward. I don't know. Um, and I, I really I want to say again, thank you so much for all your support online as well. For all of you, you know, for just, you know, giving me shout outs or telling people, hey, listen to the show or and even encouragement in private. I really, I really do appreciate it. I needed an, I needed a good Dustin in my life because most <laughs> of the Dustins I meet, I don't like them for the most part. So you're one of the good Dustins. Um, <laughs> thank you, Dustin. You, you have too. one of the best. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you also have one of the best shows out there that I can think of. Um, it's very entertaining. It's fun and calm to listen to. I'll listen to it when I walk my dog around the neighborhood in the mornings. Um, it, you know, you, you give me some really cool things that I never even heard of, like, like with the folklore and whatnot. And some of the things that I'm like, Oh, this is somebody who actually knows what this is. You know, it's something I have heard of and other, other people haven't. So that's really cool. 
especially like the Anansi spider stories, um, like what we were talking about, which I know you listened to that episode and I kept saying it wrong. You were probably cringing the entire time. Uh, <laughs> like, that's not it. That's not it. I don't know why oh, I was no. doing that. I knew the name and for some reason it kept coming out wrong. Anyway. It's okay. I butcher stuff all the time. It's just learn it. And then, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> How many times have you like recorded something and then you realize you were saying it wrong the whole time? Do you end up going back and like re-recording it? Uh, nobody has mentioned to me yet that I've butchered something, which if I am butchering something, please let me know. I don't want to, uh, especially since, uh, at the end of a lot of my shows, I try to say thank you and good night to my listeners in whatever country that I'm shouting out to. And there's a lot of languages that I have not heard spoken and I'm doing my best off of, you know, a couple of websites that'll say, Oh, this is how to say good night in Rumansi. I go, okay. Hopefully I'm saying it right. And not just, you know, (laughs) yeah, not, not butchering it. Yeah, I understand so. completely, you know, and like you said, you know, give them a shout out, let them know, hey, by the way, that was a great episode, but you said this word wrong. And that way, if it word comes up again, you'll know how to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't um, want to take anybody off. You know, it's a language barrier, but, you know, sometimes you kind of go, I'm sorry. Yeah, I understand that yeah. completely. Well, thank you. Like I said, thank you again for all that you've done and all that you do and, and for reading this book with me. And uh, if you want to listen to Sandman Stories Presents, like we said before, it's pretty much available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Give him a shout out. Give him some ratings. Give him a review. He needs it all because he deserves it all. And, uh, uh, you know, do that for me as well, by the way. You know, just give me that. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> where can we find you on the web? We're on, you know, you, I know you're on Instagram and Twitter. What are your handles there? Uh, I think I'm Stories Sandman on Twitter. And Sandman Stories presents, I think, with no underscores, just one big thing, I think. I don't know. I just kind of <laughs> log in and and don't check them too much. But if you Google Sandman Stories presents, you'll find me everywhere. You'll find my YouTube. You'll find my podcast and everything. And on the YouTube, I also have uh, children's picture books that, like, because of the timing and such, they don't fit into what I do on the podcast. So there mm-hmm. are some uh, picture books from like 120 years ago, children's picture books that are on there. So Sandman Stories presents pretty much everywhere. Um, and that won't get you confused with any other channels because there are some Sandman stories, which apparently Neil Gaiman has the Sandman Stories series. And mm-hmm. there's Sandman Stories walkthroughs, but if you go Sandman Stories presents, uh, you'll you'll be sure to find me. And if you tune into Italian radio at about three thirty in the morning, uh, that's when my show occasionally plays uh, on Italian radio. Really? So they just go ahead and play it on Italian radio for you? That's awesome. Uh, there's somebody I met up, uh, Marcy Cote, C O A T E. Um, I met her through Stephanie Foucault, the, the woman who does geopaths and the woman that does the pod rev day, um, okay. where you're supposed to review other podcasters or give podcast reviews on the eighth of every month. Um, through her, I met Marcy and Marcy has an English language show that she puts on once a week and she's got a couple hours to fill. And she asked if I could 
you know, give her some material. And so I, I just give her all my podcast episodes and well, that's uh, great. Yeah. She's got a bunch of other shows that she puts out there, uh, other podcasters and all like that. And I wish I knew the website. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I'm sure we can find it somewhere. Look up Sandman but, Stories Presents Italy or Italian Radio, and you'll probably find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's a nice free thing to put out there. So that's that's where to find me. Just Sandman Stories Presents. Great, that's awesome. And make sure you put in that presents to make sure you find the right Sandman Stories. <laughs> yep, um, you've got like a black logo with like an orange. Uh, it's black with an orange logo, isn't it like yep. a moon or something? Yep. Yep, it's uh, a black moon that I got from Canva, and I just put Sandman Stories Presents on in orange, just kind of a calm evening night feeling, so hopefully people fall asleep. That's great. That's awesome. Well, make sure you go check that out. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read, and you can reach me at email on DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Uh, like I said before, give me a rating review as well. And if you're so inclined, go to buymeacoffee.com slash Dustin can read and you can tip me if you like. No pressure, but that'd be nice. Thank you again, Dustin Steichman. What were you going to say? Again, Dustin Holden. I was going to say <laughs> five stars. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, until next time, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Dustin can read. I can do it too. (laughs) It's pretty much all I'm doing while I'm reading. I'm just, I'm reading the screen because I've got the big monitor in front of me. I'm like, okay. And this is happening. And, you know, occasionally I I do voices. Um, My kids really like it when I do voices. So like um, if you know the Mo Willems books, he does a lot of piggy and elephant books. And so I, I I do, I do Gerald the elephant. And I do piggy too. And so I've got these different voices I do for the thing. And that's uh, excellent. Uh, all sorts of things, all sorts of fun voices. <laughs> you can't, the first one sounded like Snuffleupagus a little. Oh yeah. The, the deep. Mm, I can only do that one for so long. Oh, it's oh, well, yeah, cause you're <laughs> up in the rasp <laughs> mm. and it kind of, you know, ugh, it's gravelly on your, on your vocal cords. Yep. But yeah, I can I can do a little chipmunk voice anytime I want. Oh, that's a that's an Elmo voice right there. Well, um, <clears throat> Elmo, this is kind of Elmo. He's a little breathy. Yeah, I do that with the Pikachu. Pikachu. Yes, I do. Uh, I do a little bit of Scooby Doo. It's like I love you, Raggy. <laughs> um and a little bit of uh uh hi ho Kermit the Frog here. Today oh, we're going to uh, see the Rainbow Connection. Um, yeah. Oh man, that the Kermit one's a hard one to do. You had to really yeah. like squeeze to do it, like yeah. Kermit. Yeah, mm, it's not that easy. <laughs> I'm Someday much better with we'll the find it, the Rainbow cast. Connection. 